you're listening to the Alacrity Payments Podcast. If it's your first time, you're probably not alone because this is actually our very first episode, as you can probably tell from the title. Um, But I just want to say thank you for listening. Hopefully I can inform you or at the very least moderately entertain you. Um, So before we dive into today's topic, give you a little background on Alacrity and the show. So Alacrity is a financial technology company and uh, our cloud-based platform, OrbiPay, delivers solutions across the payments ecosystem, including the Clearinghouse's RTP network, electronic bill presentment and payments, and digital disbursements. We also provide software services and technology outsourcing for our clients, including AWS Cloud Consulting. So this show is the Alacrity Payments Podcast. It's going to consist of long-form interviews with experts from the many industries touched by payments technology, as well as water cooler style discussions where a topic is posed and knowledgeable people discuss or debate it. I'll also be producing shorter informational episodes on payments trivia, history, stories, news, really anything I find interesting enough to share. And this is going to be one of those episodes about my generation. I'm your host, Christian Hibbard. I'm 23 and I'm a Zoomer, apparently. Uh, Generation Z. It's the most recent classification of birth years. Um, it immediately succeeds the millennials and it begins around 1997. And the purpose of this episode is to go in, you know, who are we and what is a zoomer? Um, just as a disclaimer, I'm obviously only one person. I can give you my perception of my generation. I can give you my anecdotal experience, but I have my own values and I don't know everyone no matter how hard I try. Um, but generally generation Z is a unique generation. And the reason for that is that we're, you know, these so-called digital natives. We're also not very wealthy. (laughs) This could be because we're new. You know, I just recently entered the workforce. Um, Most people in this generation are not yet working. They're either in school or, you know, maybe working part-time jobs. Um, But the other side of that is that it's also been a tough economy for a few years now. Um, Many people in my generation, remember very clearly the 2008 crisis. And personally, I entered the workforce right at the dawn of a global pandemic, which is a slight disadvantage, to say the least. Um, But there's a key aspect here, and that's time. You know, we're very young, and our lifespans have had an inordinate amount of chaos. Um, But change will happen. And especially with younger people, you know, obviously it's hard to say how we're going to mature. But the one thing you need to know about Gen Z is that they're not content with the status quo. And this is true of, you know, all ages. There's a lot of reasons to be not content, but particularly with Gen Z. And we're going to kind of break down why in this episode. So the first thing you got to understand about Gen Z is the perspective. As I mentioned, we've lived through some very chaotic times. There's a concept in psychology known as a flashbulb memory, and it's a a particularly vivid recollection of a pivotal moment in your life, of a very important life event. And these can be good things, like the birth of your first child, but they can also be bad things. And for Generation Z, at least on the older side, the first kind of communal flashbulb memory that everyone has was the terror attacks on 9-11, you know, Everybody can tell you what they did that day, where they were. And it's that kind of information that really informs the way that we view the world. Also, as I mentioned before, 
were the um, first generation that grew up with cell phones. I remember getting my first cell phone when I was in fourth grade. And by the time I was in high school, I already had an Instagram, a Twitter, maybe a Facebook. I don't really recall, but we're fully connected. We don't remember the world before the proliferation of the internet. And what that means is we're very niche generation. We have a lot of niche interests because the times that we were growing up in, you know, if you had an interest in the fashion of the frontier or, you know, like 18th century Serbian politics, you could find a community that would support and encourage that interest. You know, even if you live in a small town in the middle of nowhere or, you know, don't have the opportunity to go to a university. So we have very strong opinions about the far from ideal world we live in, as well as the means to communicate those to everyone. And what this adds up to is like a unique internet culture. I want to share a tweet. Each day on Twitter, there is one main character. The goal is to never be it. Well, that means if you check Twitter and see that you're trending, maybe it's good, but it's it's probably bad. Maybe that comes down to the way that the social media platforms are designed. You know, it's really easy to get someone to interact with your content through outrage. But another big part of it is that Gen Z is just genuinely very opinionated, regardless of their beliefs. Um, this is a generation to which ethics, design, and accessibility have never been more important. If you don't line up with the ethics, whatever they are, of Gen Z, there's a good chance they're going to switch out. You know, brand loyalty is very hard to win among young people today. So what does this mean for finance and payments? The first thing is that design is a huge factor, and it's always been that way. Obviously, you want your website and your apps and your brick-and-mortar stores to look good. But today, design also extends to accessibility. You know, how are you reaching out to people that might not be able to access your services in the traditional way? A great example would, of this would be neobanks like First Boulevard and Daylight, which serve uh, black communities and the LGBTQ community, respectively. You know, these are statistically underserved people. Like there's just no debating the fact that they're not as likely to hold bank accounts. They're not as likely to have access to necessary financial services like loans. And, you know, these aren't new problems. Um, they're, they're old problems. What's new is the impetus for change, which is not to say that people haven't been making the effort historically, but you have this generation now for which whether or not your mobile app is accessible to people with disabilities, like that's a core issue that could dictate their brand loyalty. You know, another kind of runoff from this is that Zoomers tend to be very savvy with where they spend their money and the businesses they patronize. An example of this would be um, with sentiment around debt. American Banker reported that 23% of Zoomers think debt should be avoided at all costs, you know, including mortgage payments, auto loans, things that are traditionally like a, a normal part of your um, personal budget. Um, Zoomers tend to be very averse to, and a, a lot of that's because we've seen what it's like to lose money, and we've seen just how chaotic the world could be. Uh, one last piece of information I want to share just because I found it interesting and kind of confusing is that apparently uh, Zoomers like going to physical bank branches. 
And this doesn't make, really make sense to me, but I can offer my personal experience. When I first entered the workforce, I was going to my local bank branch two to three times a week, which is a lot for most people. But the reason I was going was because I was being paid in cash under the table at my first job. And obviously I couldn't just take a picture like you can with a check now. So maybe Zoomers prefer in-person interactions when it comes to opening accounts, or maybe they just, you know, like the free coffee at the branch. Who knows? Well, that's about all the time we have for today's episode. Thank you again for listening. This is not really a topic I can cover in under 10 minutes. There's so much to consider. Um, people spend, you know, their entire lives researching this kind of thing. But I just gave you the things that popped into my head immediately when I think of my peers, my generation. Um, and it's probably something we're going to be touching on again over the course of this show. So if you're interested, feel free to, you know, listen to our next episode. I'll be putting all of the sources I used to put together this episode in the description. So if you're interested in doing your own research, you'll be able to find that there. Um, next up, we've got an interview with our own resident payments expert, Mark Ranta. It should be posting at the same time as this episode. So if you like what you're here, go on and uh, give the other one a give the other one a try. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.